0: talking about danger, danger in our lives when it comes to the psychological impact it can have on us and the people around us with Dr. Theraya Kanafani clinical psychologist based at the Human Relations Institute and Clinics. Before we get back into that conversation though, marathon mania, oh it's all going on here in Dubai as we start six months before warming up for the standard charter Dubai marathon that's happening on the 22nd of January 2016 and people have been entering in their droves, they're brave they're taking on the challenge to run a full marathon with us and to get six months marathon training free of charge with urban energy which is an amazing opportunity they're a great company they run clubs throughout the year here in the uae helping thousands of people with running any distance actually not just the full marathon they also run uh, classes throughout the year as well in all different levels of fitness and activity the prize also includes that free registration into the marathon, along with a polar watch and a Newton pair of Newton running shoes. So let's get the next contender on the line and welcome Max to the show. Good morning, Max. Morning. Now, Max, you've not been in Dubai too long, just six months. So yes. uh, why do you want to take on the standard chartered Dubai marathon?
1: Um, mainly just the challenge. Um, since I, I mean, I set a company up here um, about three months ago with my pal, and uh, and we're doing quite well. Uh, because money's tight at the moment, we can't afford to do anything. So I've been running around the parks and things like that, trying to keep active. But I can't afford to do any classes. So um, doing something like this is pretty awesome, um, and I'd really want to challenge myself. I really want to. All my friends have started to tick off these things. I've done a triathlon, but a uh, triathlon, but. Always wanted to do something a little bit bigger.
0: So you've never done a marathon before, but you're clearly quite fit. How often do you work out or go running?
1: Go running about three to four times a week and then just do the gym and and just uh, a bit of conditioning and things like that. Okay. But again, it's it's all sort of free stuff.
0: <laughs> well, fair enough. Though that's great. Though it just shows you know yeah. there are lots we can do here in the UAE and you know in other places <laughs> of the world as well without having to spend yeah. a lot of yeah. money. And it's yeah. keeping you fit and active and probably helping you manage you know your stress and everything if you're setting up a new business. Uh, and, and yeah, and, and this is your first summer then, so you're feeling the heat
1: and the humidity. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's hot. That's for sure. My life. Well, you know what? Uh, to
0: take on the marathon, you do need to start training for it straight away, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, but congratulations. You are our next winner going through to the training sessions with Urban Energy. You get that uh, six months of training and it will be Woo-hoo! tough. <laughs> That's what we like. Woohoo! That's the reaction we want. Congratulations. It's going to be great. It's going to be tough. But, you know, you've got the experts to help you with the technique, how to take on yeah. the stamina, help you with your food and nutrition nutrition as well which is all important with marathon training and we're going to be uh following your story along with the rest of our team over the next few months so um Perfect. go and recover you can take a breath and then start <laughs> to digest what you're going to be doing over the next few months start to process that but congratulations max
1: thank you very much all thank right very much.
0: and all the best with your company it's a 3d printing company interesting
1: yeah 3d printing and design so, excellent uh, yeah Good for you. Absolutely. It's generation 3D. So we're just uh, hoping to do a bit of interesting work over here.
0: I'm sure you will. Well, thanks so much. And we look forward to seeing you out there on the racing track, on the running track.
1: Thank you very much. All
0: right. Take care, Max. Have take a good care. day. You, bye, bye, bye. There we go. I'm loving the enthusiasm. Let's hope that continues through the training over the next few months. But, you know, it's all about that, isn't it? Setting yourself some goals and stretching yourself as well. Now other people might say you know what taking on a full marathon that's dangerous. Right
2: well I would say that actually it might be dangerous to my health because I've never done that before never even come close to running a marathon but you know again it goes right back to the whole perception and it goes back to the idea that that some people find some things to be more dangerous than others and when it comes to danger we have to consider that there's a physiological aspect to it we can't just say that oh um you know because he's jumping from a building that it's dangerous or because he's wrestling with crocodiles Well, we're saying dangerous. jumping
0: from a building we're talking because it is dangerous though. right yeah of course <laughs> yes of
2: course <laughs> not just jumping, randomly, no, but like doing it jumping right but it's base
0: jumping exactly right, right. Yeah. you know
2: base jumping or crocodile wrestling or you know whatever it is these are all elements i mean they're all behaviors of da- that are dangerous however we have to consider that there are other factors that play a part and even with debbie when we spoke to Debbie, she said, I had this rush of adrenaline. And that is so important that she said that because the truth of the matter is is that no matter how much, no matter what the feeling is between awe or risk or danger, the idea is the same, is that we have a physiological reaction to the fact that when we are put in a situation that is different. Yeah. When when we're put in a situation that's unusual or even exciting. So that physiological Feeling that we, I mean, that physiological change that we have eventually may become an addictive. Aspect of our life may become something that we crave, we want more
0: of. So, there are possible dangers surrounding it. Something like running a marathon is only dangerous if you've not trained properly for it and made sure that you understand what your body needs to do to train and to go the distance. Um, And about how you are physically fit or not fit, and how, you know, if you've got a weakness area in your knees, for example, you would need to pay more attention to it. So, like we were saying before, it's about measuring the risk, getting the knowledge, having the full knowledge and then basing your decisions there in from that, based on that knowledge. Uh, So what about in relationships then? Uh, A message here somebody who wants to remain anonymous saying thank you for the programme, my problem is that I get attracted to other women very fast and it's often reciprocated, uh, despite the fact that they know I'm engaged. I love my fiancé very much and I don't want to do anything that will hurt her but I always feel drawn to other women too. I've had a very life before I met my fiance and I want to remain faithful to her with other women it's the thrill of the chase that excites me how can I stop this how can I get rid of that uh, what I feel is a loathsome condition
2: you know it's a, it's a very good question and the idea we go right back to what we had said before is the idea is that it's only the thrill of the chase and it's that you're looking for that immediate reward but that immediate reward dies down And you'll look for the next immediate reward over and over again. So you need to find a different type of reward, a reward that's not so detrimental, a reward that um, almost, you know, it meets the same almost the same amount of thrill that this would, but in a different way. And, you know, a lot of people, they say um, things like, oh, you know, I can't feel that ever again. It's just so amazing and I love it. And it's just the best high I've ever had. Yes, but it's also very detrimental. Mm. So it's it's sort of saying, you know, um, you know, g- taking maybe illegal drugs or an, uh, misusing prescription drugs might make you feel good, but it's not good for you. Which means, what are you willing to risk? What are you willing to, to really let go of just to have that extra thrill, yeah. So you got to weigh up the, the the possibility of losing your fiance,
0: the woman that you love,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, for something that might be short term, extremely short term. That thrill mm-hmm. lasts, in, you know, for a very short time. What you're looking at there is losing something that could last a lifetime potentially with your fiance. But if you can't help it, and also this idea of you know why why. Uh, where does it come from maybe looking back into where you need to feel that thrill or you need the attention of a member of the opposite sex you, you thrive off that where does that come from is it an, an insecurity where does it come from understanding that better to maybe try and
2: combat the behavior of course because there are many different reasons why that could be happening it could be you know I'm not saying it is, but it could be a reason, for instance, that, you know, maybe his fiance is not giving him the attention that he's looking for. Maybe there's a communication between them is not great. It could be that he's just used to having very short term rewards and that this has become an addiction for him to just continuously have that kind of a reward system. Um, it could I mean, again, it could be so many different things. Finding the why and dealing with the why is also a very important way to to learn how to find a different type of reward in order to get past this kind of thrill-seeking. Talking to Dr. Thurai
0: Kanafani, clinical psychologist at the Human Relations Institute and Clinics and we've been talking about danger, understanding what that really means in our life, how to maybe steer away from it or indeed if we're going to go down that road measuring risk and uh, maybe understanding a bit better a little bit about ourselves. Are we more risk takers than not risk takers? And when it comes to addictions and the dangers around addictions, Dr. Thurai this is an area you work a lot in with people and the the symptoms if you like, the signs if you were a family member or a colleague, if you were noticing things in others that might be an indicator or in, in yourself that you are becoming addicted
2: Well there are quite a few Quite many um, signs and symptoms. For instance, one of them is um, that they, they take the substance or they behave in a specific way and they can't stop. Um, another one is that uh, they start to withdraw from their social uh, surroundings. They start to be a little bit more isolated. Um, they, they start to have social and recreational sacrifices. They um, maintain a good supply or a good um, time de- devoted devoted to whatever it is that they want to um, engage in. Um, they no longer learn how to, or are able to deal with issues. They become very um, agitated, very irritated. If you discuss the the matter with them, and you d- you talk to them about how it could lead to some sort of health problem or health awareness, whether it's be it a behavioral issue or a substance issue, and they become very uh, defensive as well. So um, these are just some of the signs and the symptoms of of people who are becoming a little bit too um, dependent on uh, either a behavior or on a substance. And how do you work with people
0: that have an addiction when they come to the clinic? What are some of the processes and programs? I mean, is it the first step is when you acknowledge that you have a problem
2: and then what happens? For the risk of sounding very cliche, yes, it is. I mean, the first step is acknowledging that you have a problem. And then the, the second step also depends on what they are addicted to. So if it's a substance, it um, it might require um, detox, hospitalization. Uh, that could be a possibility depending on the amount and depending on the substance that's being used. Uh, when it comes to behaviors, we try to also look at the why. What is it about that behavior? Is, um that that started what what is the reason that it started and how and and then we work through learning different reward systems uh, different ways to achieve that uh, that thrill um achieve that um that sensation seeking behavior mm. uh, so
0: it, it's not necessarily going to be an
2: easy task to break an addiction but it is you can break an addiction. Of course. It's definitely not an easy task. And sometimes a whole life um, needs to change in terms of, you know, you need to avoid certain situations, avoid certain people um, to, con- to make sure that you're able to continue the um the avoidance of the actual substance or the behavior itself so there are a lot of changes that need to be made it is not impossible it's just it takes a lot of work and a lot of dedication Mm.
0: and support as well yes
2: of course support from family
0: work colleagues if you know in some circumstances it might be the case that they need to know and and i think you know often we talk about the individual that's in trouble or facing
2: difficulty but it impacts people around you Mm -hmm. as well Yeah, definitely. And you know, the support is not just from the family to the person, but it's also from the person to themselves, as well as for the family for each other. Because it's extremely difficult, especially when it comes to the resistance, the uh, denial. Uh, It's very difficult to to deal with somebody who's going through um, some sort of either substance abuse or or behavioral um, addiction is because initially, they don't truly understand that what they're doing is is harming them. And that initial step is so hard to cross. So it can be very exhausting, very daunting. And very, I mean, it, it can be very emotionally draining. So support is so important during that time. The ostrich effect. Yes. <laughs> it is a term. It is. It is. And it's actually a very funny term for me. I just picture people just sticking their heads in the sand. But the ostrich effect is is about people denying that there's any danger around them or denying that uh, that there's anything going on around them that can affect them. And that's the ostrich effect where you just sort of stick your head in the sand. And that could be extremely detrimental, especially when it comes to individuals who are suffering from an addiction. It's because if they consider that there's nothing wrong with what's happening around them, then they can't see that they need to get the help that they need. I can manage it,
0: I'm okay. Mm-hmm. It's not my problem, it's your problem. I've got it under control. Well, maybe you haven't.
2: And it, and it also applies to doing certain things as well. So it's, it's the same idea the ostrich effect happens with, um, you know, going into a crocodile pit without, without um, proper supervision or proper instructions, for instance. Or even with, you know, it's that perce- it's, it goes back to that perception, that ostrich effect of perceiving that this is not dangerous either. Mm. Uh, There's a situation
0: here with a woman called uh, Rita who is entering into uh, lots of relationships, uh, drinking a lot, enjoying substances, goes out five nights a week. And, you know, it's simple like you just, you know, we were saying, you know, thinks everybody else is saying slow down and why are you doing that and her attitude is life's for living life's too short don't be boring i'm going to have an exciting life and for her this lifestyle is fun and exciting others are saying you're heading for a massive fall because these behaviors are not healthy behaviors how do you help a friend or a loved one Who's on what some would describe as a crash course to a disaster when it comes to their personal life or even their the health of their their physical
2: body? Um, how can one help them in a social situation? Well, the first thing when I you know when I read that article about Rita when I was looking at it, it it reminded me of somebody who's more bipolar than anything, and that's an, a very important factor to consider because a lot of people who are bipolar in their manic phases can can um, uh, behave in very risk-taking ways and in very impulsive ways. So they tend to do the excessive shopping and spending without recognizing it, uh, you know, uh, driving very fast, uh, drinking and and uh, using um, illegal substances. So it's about also ruling out any possible mental health disorders before we can call it that it's just, you know, just purely risk-taking or purely sensation-seeking. We also have to look at other possible disorders. Now, Moving the the disorders aside, when you're looking at somebody who's just continuously behaving in in risk-taking ways and is not realizing what's happening around them, it's important to sit them down and sort of go through it bit by bit and examine every part of their life and show them that the balance is not there and also about talking to them about what is it that they need what is it that they're lacking in their life that they feel that they need to do this consistently Taken any risks lately? Let us know if you can on
0: 4001 how did that play out for you? Talking to Dr. Tharaya Canafani who's a clinical psychologist based at the Human Relations Institute and Clinics posted up her details up on our website if you want to connect with her after the show and she specialises in areas of depression, anxiety and relationship issues. She works a lot with young people as well here in the UAE, working with them on uh, uh, eating disorders is an area of specialism for Dr. Theraya too and we've been talking about the psychology of danger and uh, how we are with danger, how we approach it how we manage it, how we embrace it or do we avoid danger in our lives You know, defining what danger means to you i suppose is what it's all about and part of this is becoming more aware self-aware of where your threshold is and where you your belief system is on what is right and what is wrong and to do that you need to be in tune with your intuition i think so intuition is an interesting area when it comes to human beings and psychology
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting that intuitive thinking is usually defined as the ability to understand something instinctively, so without consciously thinking. And one of the most groundbreaking research that has been done this year is that research has discovered how the brain actually recognizes danger before we even acknowledge that there is the danger. So that's the whole idea of the intuition. So most of us have experienced, you know, a sense of tingling, you know, either in our stomachs or in our in our bodies that says, Oh, you know, something's going on and then you know we step on the brake and all of a sudden you see a speeding truck pass by or you decide you know hmm, let me do let me invest in this online startup and it turns out to be google so it's that instinct that that sort of intuition that we were talking about and according to many researchers intuition is far more material than it actually seems so um the some doctors they explain that the right brain which is the intuitive part As always, reading our surroundings, even though the conscious left brain isn't actually processing what what we're reading around us. So it's actually very interesting to see that our body tells us when something might happen without us actually even knowing or or feeling it. And then it depends how much we key into that feeling or not. Right. And that's the most important thing is that to recognize all of the physiological symptoms, let's say, about... I mean, what can we feel in order to, to listen to our intuition? And, you know, there, there are some things that um, uh, actually Judith Orloff, she's a psychiatrist in the States, and she said that there, is, there are some um, uh, gut feelings that we really need to pay attention to. And the main one is something feels wrong in my body. And that is the most important one because when we tend to feel exhausted, for instance, if we feel exhausted around a certain person, as soon as we see them, it's an automatic sign that that this person usually exhausts us emotionally and mentally before we even start talking to them. If we are around um, a certain person and we start to get excited, it's because our in, our intuition tells us this is the type of person that we're actually interested in. And, and David Myers, another uh, psychologist in the States, social psychologist, said that, we can actually read our our physiological body reads how we are going to respond to a person within the first te- 10 seconds of seeing them so within that time we are our body knows what is going to happen to us, but we aren't able to actually process it yet, which is where that intuition comes from.
0: Wow, it's fascinating, isn't it? The power of the brain and what we don't really know about it and and what's becoming more, what what we're becoming aware of. So the body's recognizing it before we, you know, our conscious mind is necessarily recognizing it or it's a sensation, it's a feeling. So we need to tune into that. And I think again, you know, in intuition, you have, most people will say, you know already, what's right or Mm -hmm. wrong you can talk about things you can bring other factors into play you can explore other avenues but you you know you know what's good or bad for you and i think it opens up for you as well the ability for for some to want to maybe realize that as a foundation but then maybe want to explore stretching themselves a little bit further exploring life a little bit more and maybe you know, and I think that's not a bad thing. And I think one of the things we need to kind of address the balance on this conversation is, is that, yeah, there are dangers in our lives, and there are things that are not good for us. And we have to assess that. But there's also some people would say, don't be too cautious, or too careful, or put up fears and barriers before exploring the possibilities of a given situation.
2: Right, because you don't want to necessarily um, worry about imaginary fears, right, or perceived fears, what you want to look at is possible fears. So for instance, when you're in a situation, you, you know, we were talking about this before, Suzanne, where you said, you know, if I'm, if I'm a woman alone, and I want to walk down a, a dark alleyway, then this is something that where if your intuition, if your sort of gut feeling says mm, not such a great idea at two o'clock in the morning, you know, versus it's not such a bad idea if it's four o'clock in the afternoon. So again, there are certain things that we have to listen to in terms of our intuition. It's not about stopping your life and, you know, living in a bubble and protecting yourself. But it's about recognizing certain consequences, recognizing and calculating and go back to Steve, where he said calculating that risk, because that is the most important thing is about looking at everything and considering your surroundings just like our intuition does before we even process it so considering them and listening to them before deciding on doing something Steve also came back to say it taking a risk in life when it helps others
0: is the best risk you can take Uh, it comes with a blessing and I think that's interesting isn't it we've been talking about the individual but where you may not want to do something for yourself. But if it's about helping somebody else, you might go the extra mile, you might put yourself at risk, or know you're
2: entering into something potentially dangerous, but you're doing it for somebody else. Of course. And you know, multiple studies have also shown that uh, it's a phenomenon called the helper's high, which is basically it causes individuals that aid others to experience improvements in mood, immunity and overall well being. So they actually get they feel better and they their body reacts in a better way when they help others. So
0: you've got the measure of what you're going to do and you want to do it. But somebody else, say your parent or your partner or a loved one, you know, somebody you respect and care about their opinion says, that's too dangerous. What are you doing? And it's like, no, it's not. I know I can see why you're concerned. But for me, It's okay. I can take this on. And that becomes an issue in relationships with the others. You know, it could be a cultural thing. It could be just about your level of experience and the way you view the world compared to your parents and the way they view the world. So having to navigate and achieve and do what you want to do when somebody else thinks actually you should be fearful of that. And they kind of
2: could almost make you lack, um, you know, question your own judgment. Right. And, you know, and it goes back to, yes, of course, they care for you, but it's about trusting yourself. And it's about also being assertive and and sort of saying, you know, this is the right thing for me, because in the end, you are your own expert. Nobody else's. And a lot of people that come into my office, they say, well, Doc, you're the expert. And I say, no, I'm not. I'm the expert on the process. I'm I'm the expert on the techniques. But I'm not the expert on you. Only you are. And that's what you can bring to the table. So if you truly trust that what you want to do and what you think is being done is correct, right, and it's done in a calculated way, then really it's about talking to the people around you. Not necessarily being, oh, no, you know what? I'm going to do it anyways. No, but just discussing it, allowing them to understand where you're coming from as well. Because there could be a possibility that you're not seeing the whole perspective as well. Well, the courage to live consciously.
0: Security is mostly a superstition. It does not exist in nature, nor do the children of men as a whole experience it. Avoiding danger is no safer in the long run than outright exposure. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing. To keep our faces toward change and behave like free spirits in the presence of fate is strength undefeatable, according to Helen Keller. So in our day-to-day lives, the virtue of courage doesn't always receive much attention so this is looking at danger from the other side and what Helen Keller's saying is you know embrace it and don't be afraid of it Uh, don't let it stop you living your life to the full but of course you need to be safe so it's about measuring it and having all the information a side effect of over emphasizing the importance of personal security in your life is that it can cause you to live reactively instead of setting your own goals making plans to achieve them and going after them with gusto you play it safe keep working at the stable job even though it doesn't fulfill you remain in the unsatisfying relationship even though you feel dead inside compared to the passion you once had Who are you to think that you can buck the system? Who are you to go and do something different to the norm? Accept your lot in life and make the best of it. Go with the flow and don't rock the boat. Your only hope is that the currents of life will pull you in a favorable direction. They're all the things that might affect you and stop you from doing what you truly, truly want to do. And this article says, by courage this means the ability to face down those imaginary fears and reclaim the far more powerful life that you've denied yourself fear of failure fear of rejection fear of going broke fear of being alone fear all these fears we have in life fear of humiliation fear of public speaking fear of being ostracized by family and friends fear of physical discomfort fear of regret fear of success so many of us can put fears up in front of us that stop us from achieving or stopping
2: stop us from doing what will make us happy Mm -hmm. you know there's a really interesting quote that i heard once which was our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate our deepest fear is that we're that we are powerful beyond measure and that is the idea the idea is do not stop yourself just because you're worried about taking the next step but take the next step with caution Take the next step, considering all possibilities. Take the next step, knowing that you are prepared to take the next step. Dr. Thryer' there's a question here. I'm a 38-year-old mother of two.
0: Uh, th- my children are four and two years of age. How can I help myself from negative thoughts and overthinking? I tend to fear a lot of things. This is not me. It started around a couple of years ago, and I'm considering seeking assistance.
2: Well, you know, when it comes to negative thoughts, the first thing that we have to do is identify them because we tend to think of in many different ways throughout the day. And sometimes we don't really realize how negative we are to to ourselves. So it's about recognizing the ones that we have. And so the ones that we usually focus on the most when it comes to therapy, especially cognitive behavioral therapy, is uh, black and white thinking. So good versus bad, always versus never um catastrophizing so sort of when one thing happens everything is horrible um negative negative forecasting so when you're looking at something and you're saying oh you know it's going to be bad so i shouldn't even bother trying and then the three main ones are worthlessness, helplessness and hopelessness and by identifying those six different types of negative thoughts you're able to change them and counter them each time and they happen and that Slowly and eventually will help you from focusing just on the negative and moving more towards the possibility of a positive. Reasons why this might have developed I mean, we
0: don't know, and I'm not saying this is the case, but interesting, it started a couple of years ago after the birth of her second child. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, yes, of course, you know, usually after the birth of of any child, the first or the second, you know, there are hormone shifts, so there could be something biological there that also created a change and a shift, which is why these fears are tending to come out now. So with the proper assistance, like these can be minimized and reduced. Mm,
0: Yeah, and it's again, you're not alone. It's something that can happen to many, many people. And you get into that sort of spiral, don't you, where it's very difficult for you. It's easy for other people to say, snap out of it what's the matter with you look at what you've got you should be grateful for what you have and you're thinking what is happening to me but I I, I can't break this I just feel I just feel everything's
2: bad you know you just have that negative feeling about everything mm-hmm. and you know it, the most interesting thing is is that I usually tell people even psychologists require somebody to talk to and even though we help hundreds of people it doesn't matter sometimes when it comes to yourself it's you're too subjective to be looking at something objectively and so when 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 people say oh just be happy with your life you know you're blessed and you have this and you have that that's not enough but it's about looking at things in a different perspective so you and i suzanne we might be looking at the exact same thing but you're looking at it from one side and i'm looking at it from another and we feel differently exactly so it's about sharing that information seeing a different perspective as well
0: well, we've been talking today about danger and risk-taking and uh, figuring out where we are and why we do what we do and if what we're looking forward to in the future might be deemed to be a little bit risky to others but we're going you know what i'm going to take it on regardless i think to surmise what we've realized is it's about measuring the risk and getting as much information so you hold the knowledge and when you have that knowledge you're much better able to take something on that might be
2: hugely challenging and potentially dangerous to you of course, that calculated risk is so important. It's so important because it, it minimizes the negative effects that whatever it is you're going to do has on your life. And to value your life mm-hmm. and to
0: value your safety. And if something is going to hurt you or harm your health, your state of mind, or the people around you, then take care of it, manage it, look after it. Uh, and then, yeah, hopefully things will be better. Dr. Theraya Kanafani, thank you as always for joining me. Thank and uh, we look forward to catching up with you again next Wednesday. To connect with Dr. Theraya, she's at the Human Relations Institute and Clinics. We've posted up her details on our blog at the Dubai Today page at dubaii1038.com. And I know you're heading off to Lebanon for the weekend. So yes. enjoy that for the thank wedding. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank and you. Uh, see you next Wednesday. Thanks.